0: What's up, party people? Joe Murata. We are Apes Development. If you're tuning in with us this week, we are on episode 13. This week I'm going to talk about self-sabotage. I'm sure none of you have any experience with that. It's a good topic, I think, because I think it's something that a lot of people struggle with and they don't even realize. I'm going to talk about, like I always do, I'm going to get into what the basic definition or breaking down the definition of what self sabotage is. And then we're going to dive into some of the causes and conditions that, that lead to self sabotaging. And then of course, we'll talk about some examples and then we'll talk about obviously some solutions. Uh, If you're new to the podcast, APES is about being accountable for your own behavior, learning how to deal with things in a healthy way, practicing positivity, uh, and working on emotional and spiritual development, right? So accountability, positivity, emotional and spiritual growth. I try to focus on different topics every week. This week, we're going to take a look at self-sabotage more specifically. Uh, this This is something I have extensive experience with for different reasons. And we'll get into some of that, and I'll share some of my experiences. Some humorous, some not-so-humorous. Uh, one thing you can always count on is it's going to be the truth. All right, so let's jump into it. First of all, let's break down the definitions of, of what self and sabotage mean, right? So sabotaging, or the act of sabotage, is to deliberately destroy, damage, or obstruct something. That being applied to oneself if we look at the definition of self it's a person's essential being that distinguishes them from others so if we put those things together it would be to deliberately destroy damage or obstruct a person's essential being that distinguishes them from other people so it's not about sabotaging anyone else it's about sabotaging and destroying your own personal success or personal gains, and we're going to jump right into what some of that looks like, right? I always do research and look things up and and find reputable sources to get insights other than my own so that I can speak about it from more than just my own perspective. So if you look up self-sabotage and you look up in mental health self-sabotage, It says self-sabotage is when people do or don't do things that block their success or prevent them from accomplishing their goals. It can be conscious or happen subconsciously. Self-sabotaging behaviors can affect our personal relationships, our professional success, as well as our mental health. Some of the reasons that people do self-sabotage themselves uh, stem back to early childhood right childhood trauma go figure uh, abandonment issues low self-esteem difficulty in relationships bad habits it's one of the things that we talked about in the in the habits podcast right good habits and bad habits and how we acquire bad habits to cope with certain things some people drink excessively to cope with their inability or to anesthetize their inability to cope or deal with things. So excessive drinking or drug use is one of the things that people do to self-sabotage. Cognitive dissonance is having conflicting thoughts. Conflicting thoughts are, are ideologies. Well, We're going to get into that later. So let me back up. Some of the reasons that people self-sabotage come from trauma, come from tragedy, come from, can stem back to, all the way back to uh, a difficult childhood. It can stem from low self-esteem. It can stem from uh, difficult relationships having broken relationships or failed relationships can cause us to self sabotage future relationships. A lot of times people acquire bad habits in order to deal with or not deal with their inability to cope with, with life as it comes at them. Some people develop excessive drinking habits. Some people become full blown alcoholics or drug addicts because they use those things to cope with everyday life and inadvertently sabotage their own lives. They sabotage relationships. They sabotage their careers. They end up going to jail. They end up getting DUIs. All kinds of things happen. Uh, Then people, sometimes people don't even realize, like, people don't start drinking with the idea like, oh, I'm just going to ruin my life. I'm going to get a DUI. I'm going to lose my driver's license and not be able to get back and forth to work and prevent myself from earning a living, right? People don't start drinking with that in mind. Uh, It's a coping mechanism. And a lot of things that people do that are self-sabotaging are coping mechanisms. One of the things that that causes people to self-sabotage is something called cognitive dissonance. And I had to look this up, but basically what it comes down to is having conflicting thoughts or conflicting ideas or ideologies, right? So let me give you an example of that. Cognitive dissonance in me would be an example would be that my parents had a broken marriage. They separated when I was very young. They got back together a few years later for my sake, which though noble, uh, I believe was a terrible idea. There's a reason why relationships don't work out most of the time. Uh, I can think of a couple of instances where I have friends that have split up and gotten back together, and now they have a healthy relationship. Or uh, another friend of mine, you know, got divorced and remarried the same person and had a healthy relationship. Uh, but I know that when I got married at a very young age, at 22, I married my wife Liz, and. I had very broken ideas of what marriage looked like and I knew that I didn't want my marriage to look anything like, uh, I didn't want, I didn't want to participate in my marriage like my father participated in his marriage. So I had broken ideas of what spousal support looked like and what a loving relationship looked like and I had fears that. I wasn't going to be able to have a healthy marriage, even though I was crazy about the woman that I was marrying. I was absolutely in love with her. She was an amazing partner, an amazing friend. Uh, we laughed and joked about everything. We shared everything with each other. The, the fact was is that there were things in place. Cognitive dissonance was something that played a part in my life. Now, I ended up sabotaging that relationship and sabotaging that marriage for a couple of different reasons um i believe i believe that i ended that i ended up sabotaging that relationship for a couple of different reasons and i'll get into that a little bit later what i can say is that i am very good friends with that woman today we are very good friends we talk about everything uh we we go to each other for advice still and we we ha- we have a very positive relationship. Liz, you're one of my best friends, still. And, uh, and that's a blessing and, and a gift. And I value it that way. I'm really grateful for how things have played out because we lost touch for a really long time. And when we reconnected, it was like two old friends reconnecting after not seeing each other since high school. And we had both grown a lot and we had both been through a lot. And I can't help but think that everything went the way that it was supposed to in both of our lives. Because I think that we're both the best versions of ourselves that we could be right now. You know, we both played a part, a huge part, and still do. Uh, Liz is part of the reason that this podcast exists. So, if you're a fan and you're a listener, thank Liz. Everybody say hi, Liz. Um, Anyway, back to self-sabotage and some of the reasons. Fear. Fear or discomfort of change. People have a fear of change. So they'll sabotage things like changing jobs. You know, somebody might miss an interview for a new job to sabotage themselves. So they don't have to change, um, new living situations. People don't want to move or they're afraid of moving to a new place. So they'll, you know, lie on their application or, or they'll do something that causes their, their application to be denied or they won't file an application for a new place or they'll miss a deadline. People, there's all kinds of ways that people self-sabotage and they do it. Sometimes they do it unintentionally. Sometimes it's just, you know, procrastination is a, is a great form of self-sabotage, missing important dates, not getting paperwork filed in time. There's, there's lots of different things that people can do to sabotage themselves. Some people, have a need for control and if they can't control the situation then they'll sabotage it so that they don't have to worry about it getting fucked up because they're just going to fuck it up themselves i was actually just talking to a friend about that today that sometimes we ruin things so that it's on our terms we're afraid of something getting ruined or we're afraid that we're going to end up ruining something so we just intentionally ruin it so that it's on our terms like it was going to happen anyway it might as well be because of Something I did intentionally. People have familiarity or expectation of failure, right? Like, it's not going to work out anyway. I might as well just mess it up like everybody thinks I'm going to. I know that as a struggling drug addict and someone who struggled with self-worth and self-esteem, I didn't feel worthy of a lot of things. There were times where I had gotten crazy good jobs and could have been great careers and I didn't feel worthy and I felt like at some point somebody was going to figure out that I wasn't really who they thought I was or I wasn't really worthy of the position that I had. So I can't tell you how many times I've destroyed uh, business opportunities or career opportunities because I didn't feel worthy of a position and I felt like I was going to fail anywhere. I was afraid I was going to fail anyway. So I caused my own demise. And it was it was a self fulfilling prophecy for a long time. I, I had to I had to put down the shovel. <laughs> You're welcome for that reference. Um, it's something that I something that I do is I'll I'll dig myself a hole and I'll just keep digging. And even when I want to stop, and even when I try to stop, I can't put down the shovel. You know, I, one of my problems is is I overexplain because I want to be understood. I so badly want to be understood that I over explain the shit out of things, and I end up losing uh, someone's interest or, or someone's focus because I over explained the shit out of something. Like they're like, I get it. I get it. Stop talking. Just stop talking. Fear of failure, fear of getting hurt. People are afraid of getting hurt. People are afraid of getting too close to someone and being vulnerable. I know that I have a propensity when I get close to someone or I let someone in, um, uh, I'm afraid that I'm going to get hurt. So I will fuck that situation up and push them away so that they can't hurt me. And even though I don't want them to go away, and even though I don't want them to back off or, or stop loving on me or appreciating me or investing in me or a relationship with me, I'm afraid that I'm going to mess up the relationship or the friendship. So I will do, do things, say things that push them away. And I will end up causing exactly what I didn't want to happen to happen. And I will end up hurting myself in the process. I'll deny them the ability to have a friendship or a relationship with me. And I'll deny myself of having a happy, healthy friendship or relationship with someone. And I'll get into an example of that later. Um, Social and peer pressure is another thing that causes people to self-destruct or self-sabotage, right? I mean, I, I literally have a tattoo of a bomb lighting his own fuse on my arm. I don't know if you guys can see that, but started out as a bomb from Super Mario Brothers. Now he has his middle finger up and he's setting himself off, and it it totally is. It's my little symbol of self sabotage. Like I will light my own fuse and self destruct, and I have learned to practice and put in place practices. To communicate with people and to have accountability partners and to talk to people about things, so that I don't self-destruct and so that I don't go off the rails, right? And and it still happens. You know, I wish I could tell you that uh, I've perfected the art of not sabotaging my life and not sabotaging relationships and not sabotaging things. People sabotage their finances. You know, people struggle. People struggle with their finances and they'll overspend whether it's intentionally or they'll retail therapy right go out and spoil themselves, buy themselves some clothes, go have a spa day, whatever over overindulging eating out too frequently. It's real easy to self-sabotage yourself. You know when I when I, when I first got sober, I didn't have any, any wherewithal how to manage my finances or how to manage my money because I lived a lifestyle where I didn't have any money ever. You know, I was, I was running and gunning and stealing and criming and lying and cheating and doing everything I needed to do to stay loaded. And not having money was just the norm. So when I stopped getting loaded and I started working and having gainful employment and paying bills, I didn't have any skills as far as budgeting or man- managing my money. And there were lots of times where I ate ramen for two weeks until I got paid. And I was totally comfortable with that because I bought myself a bunch of clothes or I went out and spent a bunch of money on DVDs or just random bullshit that I didn't need. I was just so not used to being able to buy myself things that I bought myself things in excess and oftentimes did that to make myself feel better. So I sabotaged my my own living space, my own my own needs by overspending and i'm sure that no one can relate to that i'm sure no one has problems with their finances or overspending or not being able to budget their money but i've grown in that area too i've learned to budget my money and i have a surplus of funds in my bank i have a savings account and a prudent reserve for operating expenses to pay my rent and car payment and bills for the next several months and that's not something that i ever thought would be possible anyway back to causes and conditions people struggle with social pressure or peer pressure to fit into certain groups, right? To fit into a certain social culture and they'll go along with things that they don't necessarily agree with or they don't necessarily believe in and then inevitably do something to get ostracized from that group or to get kicked out of that group. And we, again... Harm, harm personal relationships and destroy personal relationships that would have otherwise been healthy or could have otherwise been healthy for us because we don't want to give in to peer pressure or we feel like we have to give in to peer pressure a lot of people self-sabotage because they don't feel like they do they don't feel like they deserve what they have they don't feel like they deserve more than what they have and so then they'll exhibit behaviors that support that right like that's something that i've already talked about I didn't feel worthy of the friendships that I had. I didn't feel worthy of the job that I have. I didn't feel worthy of the life that I had started to acquire in sobriety and I struggled with not sabotaging things. And fortunately I practice the 12 steps of recovery and have a sponsor and I do all of the things that are suggested so that you can learn and that you and that you can grow as a recovering drug addict or alcoholic but this applies to everyone I know several people who don't have any issue with drugs or alcohol that suffer with self-sabotage because of a traumatic childhood because of traumatic uh, relationships abusive relationships that they've been in that have totally destroyed their self-worth or their self-esteem and so they sabotage future relationships they sabotage relationships when they become vulnerable or people try to get close to them because they don't want to be hurt again and they don't want to be mistreated again. Fear of abandonment, fear of commitment. These are huge. I know, I know myself that I struggled with, with fear of abandonment because I had abandonment issues in my childhood. You know, one of the things that I struggled with early on was the fact that my dad split and blamed me and blamed my mom and didn't take any responsibility for his own behavior. Wasn't accountable at all for his part in things and split and left us when I was, you know, a, a young teen and needed a father figure more, more than ever. And that planted the idea in my head that I wasn't worth sticking around for. I wasn't worth fighting for. And regardless if things got hard or regardless if, you know, some shit was his fault or he had a part in things... burned the idea in me or ingrained planted this idea in me that i wasn't worth i wasn't lovable i wasn't worth sticking around for and like other podcasts and other episodes that i've talked about different things i watered that idea and i fostered that idea and i made that a self-fulfilling prophecy by behaving in a way that made me unlovable uh, you know i developed a lot of a lot of anger issues and a lot of temper issues As a a young man and as a young adult, because of that, I had a lot of resentment and a lot of anger because of that. And and I I was pretty hostile to people at times and I pushed people away. If I pushed you away because I was abrasive or hostile, I didn't have to worry about you leaving me because you weren't around anyway. And I know that that sounds sick in a way and it sounds twisted and, and toxic and it is, And that's the point, right? Like we, we as people and as human beings aren't taught to deal with traumatic, with traumatic situations or with broken relationships. And there's no, there's no handbook on how to have healthy relationships. That's not true. I'm sure there are lots of books about having healthy relationships, but when you're a young adult and you're a teen, you're not reading books on how to have a healthy relationship. You're out partying. You're out having fun with your friends. You're studying for school. You're, you're studying for a career. You're making life choices and life plans uh, for your future. You're not reading books on how to deal with abandonment issues. I didn't. I'm, I'm sure that the the majority of 17 year olds, 16, 17, 18 year olds aren't reading books on abandonment issues when a when a when a parent has left their life or or exited their life. So yeah, just to just a recap quickly. Difficult childhood, low self esteem, difficulty in relationships, bad habits, cognitive dissonance, having conflicting ideas about. Marriage doesn't work, but I'm going to get married. Uh, fear of, of discomfort fear or discomfort of change. I mean, there's there's lots of fears, right? Like I've got them checked off. There's fear of abandonment, fear of commitment, fear of failure, fear of, fear of getting hurt, fear or discomfort with, with regard to change. So, I mean, there's a bunch of fears right off the bat that effect. And, and there's a whole episode. I did a whole episode on fear and how dangerous it is and how harmful it is. And when we start acting and reacting out of fear, we can destroy the shit out of things. I can. And, and again, if you're listening to this, you're probably interested in the topic. You probably have some experience or you know somebody who is self-destructive or self-sabotaging. <clears throat> now I'm going to get into some of the sabotaging behaviors that people exhibit, right? So I already talked about procrastination. It's number one on the list. Procrastination, putting things off intentionally, delaying progress, like putting off studying for a test due to a fear of failure, or procrastinating on a diet or an exercise plan, delaying your own personal growth because of fear of failure, or not feeling worthy of self-care. Like, self-care is something that I talk about every single week. Every single week I hammer home proper sleep, proper diet, proper exercise. Self-care, self-care, self-care. I know that I didn't feel worthy of self-care until I started practicing it. And I started developing self-esteem and I started developing self-worth by the way that I was living and the choices that I was making. Again, there there weren't any books when I was coming up about how to build self-esteem they weren't giving classes on how to build self-esteem and how to build self-worth. So procrastination number one, courting temptation, hanging out in bars when you're trying not to drink. It's a pretty terrible idea. Going out to eat with friends rather than eating at home, Tr- sabotaging your finances. I already talked about that. Sabotaging your diet or sleep patterns, same way, going out to eat, i I can't tell you how many times that I've been food prepping, trying to budget my money, trying to get good sleep and my friends are like, hey, after a meeting or something, my friends are like, hey, let's go out to eat and I end up staying out till 1030 on a school night and eating a bunch of crap and staying up late. And now I've messed with my finances, I've messed with my sleep and I've messed with my diet all in one activity. Was it satisfying and and fulfilling in the moment? Of course. Of course, but it went against all these other things that I was trying to do. And it may have not been intentional. It may have been subconscious or it may have been accidental. The fact remains that it's a behavior. Courting temptation is a behavior that is often practiced by people who are self-sabotaging. Reprioritization. Substituting a planned activity or class with something less productive so like planning let's say planning to take guitar lessons it's another perfect example i can't tell you how many times i have planned on taking guitar lessons hell i've even gotten guitar lessons as a christmas gift from my mother and never used it it was good for a year and i never used it it was like 12 free classes or it wasn't free it was 10 or 12 classes for guitar lessons that my mom paid for for a christmas gift one year because she knew that I desperately, wanted to, I desperately wanted to learn how to play the guitar. But yet I never made time. I, I always found something less productive to do. And uh, there's a hundred examples, right? Taking, a, taking a, an automotive class, taking a computer class, doing something to progress your, your knowledge, to progress your experience or your skill set. Starting to take, you know, hit classes or high-intensity training uh, cardio classes to try to up your cardio and your, your gym game. And coming home, cutting your workout short and coming home and eating and, and watching Netflix instead. It's a much less productive use of your time. And it's self-sabotaging, right? Or deciding not to go to the gym and just coming home instead of exercising. You're, you're only hurting your own personal progress, your own personal growth. Now, the gym isn't for everybody. It's just an example that I use. Some people like to go for walks at night. Some people like to go swimming. Some people like to go fishing. You know, you, you want to start You want to start fishing or you want to start going, being outdoors more, yet you're staying at work too late or you're staying up too late, so you're tired and your day's off. You just want to vegetate at the house or catch up on sleep. Another thing is not cleaning up your house, right? We procrastinate. We don't. We don't do our laundry. We don't do our dishes. Then on our day off, we spend all day cleaning the house, doing laundry and, and doing dishes and food prepping. I was just talking to a friend about that today. I hate adulting on my days off. I do. But I live such a busy and such an active lifestyle between work, gym, meetings and my social life that I'm hardly ever home. The positive side of that is my house doesn't get messy because I'm hardly ever home and I live by myself. However, I still procrastinate. I still got to sweep the floors. I still got to take the trash out, still got to mop, still got to take care of my animals, take my dog out. There's lots of things that I need to do that I don't make time for. It's all about juggling and prioritization. So reprioritization of things that are less productive with your time is one of the things that people do. Another thing that people do is self-medication. We talked about that. Drinking, drugs whether it's subconscious or, or, or conscious decision to start over drinking or overusing drugs and alcohol as a way to avoid working through difficult emotions and trauma. So you go through a tragic divorce or breakup and you drown your woes in a bottle and before you know it, that's all you're doing is drinking. Or you start taking Xanax or you start taking pills or antidepressants or whatever the hell it is That people abuse nowadays to disconnect from reality and not deal with their feelings. Self-medication is one of the top things that people do to self-sabotage. And it's not productive. You're not processing through anything. You're not feeling anything. You're not learning how to cope with anything. You're just numbing out. So the problems are still there. It's just a temporary avoidance. It's not solving anything. I speak from lots of experience with that. Perfectionism. Perfectionism is setting unrealistic and unreachable goals. Another another facet of perfectionism is overthinking. Overthinking every possible detail. Overthinking every possible outcome. And trying to control or navigate or manipulate situations so that it comes out perfectly the way that you want it to. I definitely struggle with overthinking. I have lots of friends who struggle with overthinking. I could probably do a whole episode just on overthinking. I saw a brilliant meme that said, overthinking the art of creating problems that aren't there. And I stand with that belief 100%. I have a PhD in overthinking. Um, So yeah, perfectionism is setting unrealistic, unreachable goals and overthinking every detail and everything has to be just right. And if it's not, then we destroy it. We mess it up because it's not going to work anyway. Defensiveness. Some people hide under a strong or happy mask, right? That does not reflect what's really going on inside. Um, is this healthy? No. Is it productive? No. It's putting on a false front so that people don't try to get close to you and people don't try to help you. People don't try to get you to talk about things or pull things out of you. Uh, I did this a lot when I was a kid. Like When I, when I first went through counseling... To deal with the trauma of my childhood and the abuse, the abuse from my dad and in him leaving, I had already been strung out and and running from my feelings and running from my problems. Okay, so when I landed in rehab for the first time, I had this amazing counselor by the name of Gary Troxel. Surely Gary's never going to hear this podcast, but if you do. I want you to know that you are paramount in my emotional and mental growth, still. And that you taught me things back then, back when I was 24 years old. A young man, still lost in my own, my own darkness and my own demons. Gary pulled, peeled me like an onion because he got me talking about my childhood trauma. And as I was discussing some abusive interactions with my dad and some, and some harmful interactions with my dad, he found that I was using humor or pointed out that I was using humor, that I would be laughing while I was talking about things or smiling when I was talking about things. And he asked me one question. Do you think that what you're telling me is funny? And I said, no. And he said, because I don't. I don't think that what you're telling me is funny at all. I think that what you're talking about and what you're telling me is tragic and sad. But your outsides don't match what you're talking about. You're smiling and kind of chuckling. And he said, I feel like you probably use humor and hostility. Because he had seen me be hostile and lose my temper and, and... become intimidating and threatening to other people in the in the treatment facility but um, he talked about that people use anger and and humor as a way to protect themselves they distract people with humor and deflect and that all plays into comedy right the darkness of comedy comedy comes from dark places and a lot of a lot of comedians and a lot of comics have, Tragedy or trauma or things that darkness is from their past that they deal with. And they use humor to deal and they use humor to deflect. And uh, I can think of a few off the top of my head. And I don't want to go off on a tangent because we could do a whole podcast just on comics and darkness and their darkness. But the point is, is that through that process... I went through some anger management courses with Gary and I went through emotion identification and, and Gary helped me get in touch with and identify and learn learning how to express other emotions and to try to make my insides match my outsides and vice versa. So that if I was talking about something funny, I would be laughing and it would be funny. And if I was talking about something tragic, I would speak to it as if it was tragic. The point of all of that is is that people use defensiveness, and they wear masks, and a lot of times their outsides don't match their insides. And I can think of a couple of people in my life that are living that way right now, and it's not my job to tell them, and it's not my job to point that out. They're not paying me for counseling. All I know is that I understand it, and I can relate And their process is their process and if they came to me and said hey I'm struggling with this what do you think I would give them my input but I definitely don't push my ideas on people Uh, I definitely do not cram this podcast down anyone's throat it's all about my experience strength and hope and trying to share that with other people Um, the types of people that use defensiveness uh, is so with these defensive types that that wear a mask, um, they become defensive and oftentimes, oftentimes behave in a way that is not becoming of a friendship or a relationship. When they become, when they feel like people are getting too close to them or become vulnerable with another person, they may act in a way that pushes them away. And I spoke to that already a little bit with my own experience that I struggled with being vulnerable and I struggled with letting people get close to me because I was afraid of being hurt. I had abandonment. I had fear of abandonment. I had a fear of being hurt. And so I would wear these masks of appearing super strong or super hostile or super intimidating, or as like the class clown or the comedian. And I could blend in with any crowd and you know, I could keep people at bay, I could keep people entertained and not wanting to get too close to me. Or I could be intimidating or hostile and it would keep people from getting too close to me. And if somebody did, if for some reason I did become vulnerable or let someone in, I would do something that pushed them away. And it was unintentional almost every time. But I can think of several relationships and friendships that I messed up and... I behaved in a way that was unbecoming to a friendship whether it was being unloyal or uh, you know doing something some sort of betrayal or some sort of dishonesty there was some sort of behavior that broke trust that broke confidence that broke uh, connection and bond that made people not trust me or want to be around me or hang out with me and It was almost always unintentional. It was always subconscious, but I believe that it was self-sabotaging hundred percent. I was again fulfilling my own prophecy, right? My own prophecy of I'm not worthy of relationships. So I'm going to destroy the relationship and therefore prove myself right. Therefore watering that idea and fostering that idea even more. So another, another attribute of self-sabotage is people having trouble living in the present. So they spend time future tripping, overthinking. Uh, We talked about that perfectionism and overthinking and overanalyzing every detail and tripping on the future or tripping on the past. And, you know, future tripping or tripping on the past hinders focusing on right now and progress and moving forward. And that's why a lot of the things that I talk about are about, a lot of the things that I talk about are about progress and self-care and setting goals and making baby steps towards those goals and constantly focusing my energy or our energy on self-awareness and focusing on our areas of opportunity and not dwelling on the negative and focusing on the positive and and positive self-encouragement. Um.